Hello, and welcome to Punching Out. Every week, we're here on Wayo Radio, talking about the problems people have with their work. Whether it's incompetent bosses or unfair policies, hostile workplaces or dismal paychecks, or anything in between, we want to hear from you. If you'd like to share your work problems with us, email us at punchingoutwayo at gmail.com and let us talk about them. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Hi, guys. Welcome to Punching Out. Um, I'm Lou. I'm joined today with Kadejo. Yo. And Rachel. Hello. And this week we're talking about retail or service work in general, but specifically retail. Um, you know, I've been on this show a few times now, and people know I've worked retail basically my whole life. Um, so I have lots of thoughts about it. And lots uh, of good stories. Oh, well, we all good. I'd call them juicy. 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 Juicy bits. Yeah, they're very <laughs> spicy maybe revolting, even. doesn't it? Yeah, juicy bits to share with all of you. <laughs> mm. That's another issue. Um, yeah, so so it's been a you know we've been doing this show for nine months almost now. So mm-hmm. it's high time we started talking about retail because retail and service work makes up a huge chunk of our uh, economy now. And service work isn't just retail. It's also like oh you go get your nails done. Healthcare. It's healthcare. Um, it's anything where you have to have other people helping you. Would you say that's a fair? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a, a decent way to describe it. Yeah. Yeah. As we are a social species, mm-hmm. everything that we do needs help from others. Exactly. Um, unfortunately, service work in our world is very hier- hierarch- hierarchical. Is that hierarchical. the word? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely based on class. Um, Mm -hmm. which is a major problem because anytime you're in the position of having to help somebody, you're serving them, then you definitely have this like subordinate position to somebody else. Power dynamic. Yeah, there's there's a very strong power dynamic. And just in my experience, that's awful. Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, not, not necessarily working for other people is terrible. Um, but having to serve them yeah. the way it's treated in this country is not good. It's the, unpleasant. I think in a previous episode when we talked about uh, way, way back, this was like October maybe of 2017, we talked about um, the effects of working overnights. And one mm-hmm. of the things I brought up there was an idea of the culture of convenience. And I think that's sort of what America has is this idea of that people who work at restaurants or people who are, you know, behind the cash register or the people, if you live in a state where they, you know, someone pumps gas for you. Mm. Is you New look Jersey. At, yeah, New Jersey is one of them. There's some other ones too. Um, but if you live in a place where those are those those things exist, you're expect, you expect them to wait on you hand and foot and it's just so dehumanizing. Yeah. Entitlement yeah. and instant gratification. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's not just that, but, you know, we live in a capitalist society and part of being a, uh, a good consumer, well, not just good consumer under capitalism, but being successful mm-hmm. in our capitalist society is basically how convenient things can be made for you. So can I hire somebody to cook for me and clean for me and, and do this, that, and the other? And so it's a good thing to be able to lord over other people and say, well, you're doing this for me or, or everything. I mean... Yeah, to have 
the most amount of people helping you and have to do the least amount yourself. Except that usually those people feel like they're the most self-sufficient. Yeah. That's <laughs> that? yeah. yeah. Which is a fascinating well, it's because, paradox yeah. to me. It's, it's money kind of does that to you is in it. You know, they it creates this or this illusion of self sufficiency yeah. when your self sufficiency is I have the sufficient amount of money to pay somebody else to do it for me and to have so no problem. practical skills whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's also one of those collisions of American culture too. Is like we talk about individualism, but you mm. you let it plays just into that. You can't sustain yourself on your own. Like you said, we're a social species. We yeah. need each other. We need each other. So yeah, we do. This whole idea of American, like I do everything by myself. There is no person nope. who's made a billion dollars who did any of the work themselves. And I, I personally, this is just maybe just a little aside, but I don't think anybody who isn't willing to go and scrub toilets in their factories or something like that, like let's get Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos yeah. to go yeah. mop floors for 18 hours. And then I'll believe that maybe they could possibly deserve a million dollars. I don't think anyone what's does. It, what's that guy in the White House? His name's Stephen Miller. And was on video when he was in high school saying, why should I have to pick up my own trash when there's a janitor to pick it up for me? Oh, yeah. yeah that's where I, I hear that argument sometimes. I know. It's it's really gross. And, Ugh. you know, retail, I worked in, like, you're pretty stereotypical retail. Like, I worked in a mall for five years. And it was, like... I'm so sorry. I mean, <laughs> eh. It was. You made it. You're still here. No, I mean there were there it was were character it development. Was a, uh, that's a good way to put it. it. Was character development, but that's actually part of the problem is that we treat this suffering of our fellow human beings as like purifying and oh, you know, suffering. I hope that you could hear the sarcasm <laughs> and my eyes. I know, rolling but so hardcore. Oh, I know they they were rolling right at your your head. They just fell right on the floor. The microphone. Yeah, it was really kind of gross. You need to get somebody to look at that. But, <laughs> but like, in there. but some people truly believe that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, how many parents out there were like, oh, well, you need to go work a hard summer job. That'll teach you character and, and stuff like that. And it's, it's basically saying, like, I, too, have been abused. And so, therefore, I can abuse you. It's like hazing. It is. It's like the whole it underpinning is. for hazing. Yeah. And the scary thing is they don't see it as that. No. No. They don't. Like, this one time, I mean, Christmas, it's is the worst. Like I want to do a whole episode on black Friday. Um, so I'm not going to get into it. Real deep here. Yeah, no, I, I refuse to leave the house unless I'm working. And so I'm so glad I'm no longer in retail. That makes my heart sing so much. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I've said before how working in customer service, which I do still do. I just don't work retail. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, me too. Has. Yeah. It, it, Makes me hate humans. <laughs> it really does. Like I'll see somebody coming at me and I, and I kind of in the back of my head thinking, how is this person going to be the dumbest person alive and blame me for that, for this? And then when it turns out they're being actually decent creatures and, and normal, it's such a relief. It's a pleasant surprise. It's a pleasant surprise. Yeah. It's, it's really disconcerting <laughs> but yeah so i worked in the mall i've been i once was had some people working for me who were offered like money to babysit their kids while they went and shopped for christmas that happened once wait um, at yeah this store. was at the mall we were at a store and it was a kids like kids so store customers sort of poached your employees yeah they were like hey i'll give you 50 bucks to watch my kids i was like no <laughs> you can't watch your own kids. 
fascinating. That happened. That's where, you know, I I've been called a bitch to my face at these these places. Like it's yeah, during working hours. During working hours on the floor. I've never um, had that happen. I'm not going to yeah. repeat some of the things I was called working an overnight shift at a gas station. Yeah. And that one I think we talked about in the overnight episode as well is sometimes like the place where I work now is a very family friendly environment. A lot of people are there with their kids. So they, they, they hold back just the slightest bit. They're still <laughs> just, rude. Yeah. They're yeah. still horribly rude, but they're in a way that's not going to, uh, that isn't going to get rated R. Meanwhile, when I worked overnights in a gas station and where the only people in the ga- said gas station are me and the person across the counter swearing from me, I some of it probably left stains on the floor from the things they said. Yeah. And that's the other thing is you're so you end up so trapped, too. That's the part yeah. I don't think people are understand. If you have a bad customer, you're, especially if you're in a place like the overnights or at a gas station where it's like, I can't leave the store. Right. Yeah. You're trapped with whatever this person is going to put yeah. you through. Yeah. And there's not usually, like in that environment, I don't think there's anybody to relieve you nope. or to protect you or to, nope. you know. <laughs> yeah. You can't throw you know, this person out. At least in a mall, you can call security. Yeah. Um, which Did you ever have to do that? I can't. I don't. I don't think while I was there. Like people get specifically really grumpy to the point of throwing I mean, fisticuffs and haymakers no, over I think, their... Uh, I think one time in my store I was not there, but somebody like, it was a, a weird... Is it okay to say stuffed animals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Lots of places do that. It but doesn't seem like the sort of uh, environment to inspire physical violence in people, but... Uh, yeah, you, you know, it takes all kinds. Me. It really does. Like I've had, it, it just, it, uh, I mean, there's there's so many people I've encountered over the years. Because let's see, I'm I'm 28. I've been working since I was 19. I've been working retail or guest services since then. And you think of like the thousands and thousands and thousands of people I've seen. I still remember some of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them for good reasons. Like sometimes I had really great interactions with people. Um, but I remember like... The best and the worst. Yeah. Like this one time, this one mom, um, her kid wanted to get out of the store real fast. And so this woman, this grown woman threw a tantrum. Like, <laughs> yeah, like she on just, the floor? Yeah, because she, her really? kid wanted something. And then the kid changed her mind. And then mom was like, no, I'm just leaving. Ah! And like, it was, it was a whole to do. Um, did she, did she throw herself on the ground? She didn't, but she oh. did stomp her feet, which was <laughs> impressive. Wow. Um, yeah. Just, what did her kid do? Her kid was just running all over the place. Just like normal. Yeah. It, yeah. it really sells wow. like, in situations like that too, like I'd have no idea what to do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I usually I used to cry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I took I've it done personally. that. I, I was too I've young thrown to things. know. Yeah. Like, at this point, I kind of wish that I could, you know, give myself a little hug and say, you know, all this vitriol has nothing to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> and whatever people throw at you, yeah. it's all their own issues. Yeah. And you're doing just fine. Yeah. So just don't take it personally. It is. Yeah, I... But I continuously, and even to this day, so I bet mean. I have I have this reoccurring nightmare and just like waking dread that one day somebody's gonna say something about how I treated them, even if I did everything I could to be nice and polite and professional, yeah. and 
they will lose me my job because of like some venom deep in their soul yeah um that they just wanted to do that and that's the power that they have and they i think i think a lot of people like that power over other people and they like you know they don't have that own control over their own lives right so they want to have that much control over somebody else and so you know like we've all seen videos of people just screaming hateful things at like donut shop workers and baristas anybody who's stuck and forced to listen yeah and and they're just i i i hope that these are not indicative of this person's deeper self but they are because well the other part of it too is that the culture in a way encourages it oh like yeah you said too it's not necessarily like i think there is you know partial responsibility if you decide to scream at someone who's stuck behind the counter just because they you're asking them probably in most of those cases too to do something that's out of their hand like i need to call a manager if you want that or that's not something we have the capability to do yeah like if you choose to swear at someone like that or curse them out or whatever there's a problem there but there's also this it's it seems to me encouraged the way we're brought up is that it's like it's again that cult of the individual and the culture of convenience yeah it brings out the worst of humanity so it's yeah. not just that the people have those behaviors because there's, there's always going to be someone who has a bad behavior. There's always going to right. be someone who's got that mentality. Yeah. But it's, it's one thing to have that. And it's another thing to have it almost encouraged or not discouraged actively right. in any way. Well, it's that if it's that thing that the, the, the myth that the customer is always right. And so some people out there truly believe that if they whine or yell loud enough, they can get whatever they want. And sadly, it works. It works because mm-hmm. because oh. they're because we have to. Like I, I'm at the point where I love saying no to people. <laughs> it's fun. I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's for all sorts of other issues. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at saying no to my friends, which is fine. Like that's that's another thing. Know. And and I will overextend myself i do that all the time but i love i'm at the point in my life in my career where i have the confidence to say no when somebody is being abusive Mm. and that is it's it's refreshing and that's one of the reasons why i actually like my job is because i feel comfortable saying no yeah it's it's fine places you have that power too like i've worked retail and i've worked not retail like when i was an instructor at a scout camp if Scoutmaster or scout was proposing something that was dangerous. It was very easy for me to say, listen, this is my area. No. And I'm also not going to have you put people at risk. And like, even in a factory floor, there's, there's points where you can just shut down a machine and walk away. And that gives you a bit of power. It's really, really hard to explain to people who lived in retail and where you're beating your head, especially the customer is always right. It's hard to get people to learn that you can hold that bit of power over people by striking it or even just yeah. at a time like walking away and saying someone else can you help me here or yeah. take care of this yeah yeah it's tough and and worse is i think not only do people want to be able to lord over somebody else and say well you just have to do what i say because i'm the guest i'm the customer and you're just the employee is that they really do think that they are superior to retail workers like I got to the point when I when I was still working retail that I wouldn't tell people where I graduated from because every time I did 
It was was a local university of some merit. (laughs) I'll say that. Um, Every time I ran across people that were still undergraduates there, they'd just get this look in their eyes like, what did I do to fail so hard that I was working retail? Wow. Like I had once, there was three girls in the shop. It was me and two others. And between the three of us, we had four BAs and two masters. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're Mm -hmm. well-educated. I was actually the least educated with one BA. Uh, And the other two incredibly bright, intelligent people who were working there because it was, for the most part, a fun job. And this one, these two people come in and we're helping them out and, you know, helping them buy stuff, being real friendly and everything like that. And the older sister, she's in her, you know, mid twenties or whatever, the younger ones, probably seven. Um, she just like stage whispers, this is why you need to stay in school. Wow. So you don't end up like them. Which is like, yeah, which is so insulting. It's well, it's insulting, but it's also just. I think insult sells it short. It's yeah, profane to me to say stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it's horrifying on so many levels. Yeah, and it's also just blatantly untrue. Yeah, Yeah. if if you're working in retail now, it's considered a failure. Or like they, this was one episode that they've already done. It's it's entry level. And that if you're stuck, if you're stuck there, you're stuck there for a reason, and that you're somehow inferior right. stock. There's something wrong with you that yeah. you couldn't be promoted. Yeah, never out mind or, yeah. that that retail and good guest services is a skill set that's very hard to train. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's hard to train people to talk and um, speak pleasantly to yeah. people and be able to like think on your feet. Like if, if yeah. I. <laughs> Rachel, if I were trying to get you to do my job, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, friend. It would take you like three weeks just to figure it out. Oh, yeah. um, just because there's like in this situation, what are you going to do? Because this situation is completely different from situation B. Mm-hmm. Like what what are the two? What are the different approaches? What are the options you have? Yeah. What's what are you going to do? I think if any of us were to switch yeah. jobs. We would flounder for yeah. weeks. Oh, definitely. Because the other part of it, too, is I think people make the assumption that the skill you need is, oh, you can press buttons on the register. No, you need to know how to handle people. Yeah. And coming Absolutely. from, I have ADHD and some other stuff going on, and especially I have a, uh, quite a few friends with autism, and it's it's so difficult to explain to people that even just basic communication face-to-face is such a skill. Yeah. I think it's something like there's episodes, there's probably like a three-part four hour long episode on like how capitalism treats people with disabilities, both mental and physical. And like retail is one of those places. We've done one of those episodes. But that's the thing is we could keep going on and on and on about the ways that it just retail, especially churns against you. Like I can't imagine trying to keep up because where I work, there's the front registers and the stock room is on the other side of the store. If I were in a wheelchair, if I like for the time mm-hmm. that I was on crutches, I couldn't be I could only be in one place at once. And it isn't just that we have to be at the register at my job. We have to be at the register. We have to be if someone gets a custom order and we're like designing shirts, we have to be working the press. We have to be stocking the floors. We have to be doing all these things at once. Yeah. And if you can't, it's there's such a pace. The fact when I worked at factories, the pace wasn't half as yeah. fast sometimes. Yeah. It's physically demanding and emotionally draining. Yeah. And mentally um, demanding, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I would, personally, I'd still rather do it compared to food service, but mm. that's, <laughs> those are both, of, like, the worst. It, 
Well, have either of you, you get the perfect hell where you get fast food, which is a, the perfect synthesis of what's awful about both? <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask if either of you have ever worked at a small family business. Yes, that was my first job. Yeah, my first and second jobs, I believe, were with small, different small family businesses. But I found it fascinating that um, the family politics ends up. Like, you get different directions from different family yeah. members. Oh, God, yeah. And so it's just... And you're just stuck in the middle. It's yeah. just a yeah. hot mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you try to explain that you had gotten yeah. s- these directions from this family member, that just causes... Like, you're the messenger for yeah. all the family members that don't get along and are perpetually stressed out yeah. and angry with one another yeah, yeah that's so, that's bad management practice oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yes legendary that's, that's yeah my that's sister actually i think left a place because there were three there was, it was i think it was two brothers and a sister or something like that in that exact mm-hmm. situation and it got so bad she's like i know this is going to put me in the spot for a little bit i'm done i'm not dealing with this anymore i'm finding a job doing something else yeah, yeah. Like anywhere else yeah yep i worked um, it was actually two sisters and a brother and I did fine except that one of the, one of the, she was kind of like the employee liaison too, but she had no sense of humor. <laughs> and I realized that I don't know how to relate to a person who has no sense of humor. Ah! That does how? sound tragic. How? Uh-huh. Like she never cracked a smile. She never laughed. Uh, I've never seen her that's smile that's or laugh. Challenge. And if you can't relate to somebody at all, she yeah. did not like me. There was nothing <laughs> I could do, nothing I could say. <sighs> Some people. And if your boss doesn't like you from the get go, yeah. and if you have no ability to relate to them, yeah. you're kind of you're kind of done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that one didn't last all that long. Yeah. But so it's a conundrum. Yeah. And one other thing, too, I think, which will be a good setup to talk about after the break, is also the way that uh, retail just absolutely destroys having a normal schedule or a normal life. Yeah. Um, But for now, we're going to cut away to a break. This is Punching Out, a project of the Punching Out Collective, and we want to hear about the struggles you face as a worker. You can tell us your stories by sending an email to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, and we're on Twitter, at punchingoutwayo. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Punching Out. I'm Lou. I'm with Rachel. Hello. And Kadejo. I'm still here, yeah. Yay. <laughs> and we're still talking about retail. Um, you just In our last break, we just talked about um, basically how people are, are perceived in retail and how it's generally kind of demeaning. People don't think very highly of, of retail workers, um, and that's on purpose. Um, but So not only are retail workers emotionally subject, or subject to a lot of abuse um, and, and just generally are made to feel down, um, but it's also incredibly isolating work and not just you know, emotionally, like you start hating your fellow people. Um, (laughs) Physically, it's tough because, you know, think about it. When are the good retail hours? Well, it really depends on what part of retail you're working in. Right. But like for for the stereotypical, like think of a mall. When is a mall busy? It's in the evenings. 
evenings, weekends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when everybody else is off work, yeah. so when are they going to need retail workers the most? Evenings yeah. and weekends. Evenings and weekends. Yeah. So, yeah. so this like automatically sets you up in opposition to you know so-called quotes normal workers, people yeah, who having have, a social life. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I don't know anybody who works retail like full time. Everything mm-hmm. is part time, even if yeah. you're working three jobs and yeah. you're underemployed and you're working sixty oh, hours yeah. a week. Yeah. Um, but like. There's so many other ways, too, because there's, like, I, I keep using culture of convenience. It's a nice word to go back to. But, like, the need for things to be 24-7 means also that there's got to be people who work the graveyard shifts at a McDonald's drive through or at a gas station like I did. And that that is some of the most isolating work there is. Mm-hmm. Because during the, the day, at least, you can convince other people to come in for you. Like, the gas station where I worked it was always and still is strapped for other people to cover the overnights. So in some cases, it's one or two people there the whole time. But two, like you said, it's the evenings and the weekends. It's like when if I got a friend who's an engineer, he works nine to five and sometimes uh, weekends like my weekends. It's like I can only hang out with you these times because there's there's uh, there's, you know, stuff going on where I work. Yeah. I was also thinking about um, something that we talked about in one of our other episodes where you know, if you are working overnights, generally the population you see are uh, inebriated or otherwise uh, in an altered state that perhaps lubricates the vitriol more easily. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. That's a one way to put it. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be delicate with my language on the radio. <laughs> I just like that lubricated. <laughs> lubricated to, so that you can... Alcohol squeeze out that good yeah for all sorts of language and oh, things right? you don't mean necessarily that's, that's a nice sell, like that's yeah that's another one too is you have to deal with people with whatever state they come in in as mm-hmm. well yeah. and guess when those times that people tend to be in those states it's after work or on the weekends yeah yeah so even if you enjoy say being in those states if you enjoy going out and drinking with your friends it's more difficult because you not only is it that you know, you end up working those times is that those times are unreliable as well, too. I work in generally, I'm going to say sports. I'm not going to say specifically who, but I work in sports. So uh, when the team is in town is when I have hours. When the team is not in town, there's nothing there. And but even if you're not governed by something like that, retail shifts around. You don't have Mm -hmm. the same. I don't always work Tuesdays. It's like one week I work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday. And it's not that you get five days and two, like most full-time nine to five. There's no routine, and that is absolutely obliterating to any sort of regular schedule in your life. Well, there's two ways it works. You either don't have regular hours, or you have to structure your week with multiple jobs such that you have no more free time. Mm -hmm. So when I was working retail, I was part-time. Um, but I had set hours and then so that I could have another job to work around it. So I worked six days a week, um, sometimes seven. And it was really difficult. Like for the peak ones, I was up to three jobs and was working 60 hours a week. Yeah, me too. I had no social life at all. I was so exhausted at the end of every day. I would literally fall asleep with my clothes on. Yeah. I didn't even have energy for a shower. Yeah, it, it was days. really, it was exhausting. And, and yeah. like I gained 20 pounds in four months. 
Yeah, I lost was, a lot of weight because I didn't have time to eat. <laughs> I was stressing. I was. It was so bad. I was like, I was losing hair. I was gaining weight like crazy. Yeah. It was, Alopecia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was really Due to stress. Yeah. It was. It was really really stressful, and it, it, you know my peak times like before all of that before it got really bad. Um, you know, working sixty hours a week. Um, like my first Christmas out of college, I went from October twenty fifth which I'm pretty sure it was October 25th because that was the day Hurricane Sandy hit mm. New York City and it, it rained so bad in Rochester. Um, that was my one night off until New Year's Eve. Mm. I had no other days off um, yeah. other well, than that day. It was funny how retail even stretches out in other places because when I worked in, uh, I worked for a shipping company who will remain unnamed mostly so that the vitriol I direct towards them for the way they treat people doesn't get me in any trouble. But they deserve it. But because they were a shipping company, we weren't allowed to have time off between, definitely between Thanksgiving and New Year's. We were not allowed to request time off yeah. at all. And that's because so much retail, online retail, yeah. was shipping everything. Yeah. yeah, that happened. My mom, her last Christmas, I got like special dispensation to leave my retail job for, for the week of Christmas to go spend Christmas with my mom. Um, I'm lucky she did because she didn't make it another year. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, died right before Christmas the next year. But I, it was awful because my boss held that over my head for months that oh. she let me go spend Christmas with my mom who was dying. And that, you know, that's the kind of culture it is, is, is any time that you're given off is, is a gift um, but not one that's without strings. And you should be grateful. Yeah, you should yeah. be grateful. Because and you, you owe us. Because yeah. you have these flexible hours. It, it, that's right. the, flexible. The, the, that's the way they try to sell unreliable yeah. scheduling. It's no. a good thing. It's like, hey, you're, you don't have to work this, this, and this. We work a schedule out. Right. So anytime you take off is your fault. Right. But but the worst part is, like, not only is the scheduling not flexible and anything like that, but when you are there, it's because, like, Somebody has to be there to fill the dead hours. And for the poor soul who has to be there when <laughs> the store is absolutely dead, because that was me lots of times, mm-hmm. um, it's, uh, it's, it's boring. Yeah. It's boring. But And the time drags yeah. by. But here's the thing about retail. Like, I can guess. And, and I, you know, I'm a manager, so I, actually, I literally wrote the schedule. <laughs> like, all of these <laughs> criticisms of the schedule, I know, because I'm, I'm the evil person who made those schedules be for for lots of reasons which we can get to later but like you have to as the manager as a person writing the schedules you have to guess when people are going to show up and you can say well usually at five o'clock on a wednesday i might have maybe four hundred dollars in sales at that point maybe one night i might have a hundred dollars in sales one night i might have two thousand dollars in sales yeah i have to predict that somehow and schedule people around that. Yeah. It's it's really hard. And the people who are coming to visit your store during those times, they don't understand that I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know when they're going to show up. I I try to schedule as best I can. I try to give as many hours as I can. But if if you're owned by a company, if, if you have some kind of bottom line that you have to hit, you yeah. only you're literally given X number of hours. They say you need to hit like $5,000 in a few days in order to earn back enough money to pay people to be in their store. Yeah. 
Otherwise, what happens? Uh, you franchise or something? Uh, no, you'll get dinged in your end of year report. Mm-hmm. Like you have goals to meet as far as profitability for the year, mm-hmm. and that's one of the lines that you can control is labor. So you have to somehow predict when you're actually going to make money versus... Horse hockey. Let's, yeah. Let's be yeah, honest. you don't know. Horse hockey? Ed, I'm looking for inventive words. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, it's utter... It's, it's a, uh, a crock of bull, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I've heard was, that expression. And I definitely know because that, that's the way it was on the overnights, too. Like, that one really taught me because... Personally, I liked the nights where there were a few people coming in because that meant I could go in the back after everything was clean and, you know... Just spend some of my time like, hey, I've got a book for one of those nights when I see three people between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. Yeah. Especially, but there's no way to predict it. Yeah. There were even holidays where I was like jittery for like New Year's Eve. I'm like, we're the only place that sells alcohol in like several directions after a certain point. And then no one showed up. Yeah. You never know. And then there's just a random Tuesday where you're like, there's literally a line of five people at 1 a.m. And it's like, why are there people here? Yeah. And and somehow it's you the um, you the the store's problem that you didn't know that they were coming. I swear there's like a radio signal that goes out and and the tells people signal. like it's yeah it's the baddie it's not the bat signal it's the baddie, <laughs> the baddie signal because that always brings the baddie people. Yep. Yep. Um, that that just says hey you know what you really need to go to this store right now right now or you will die with all of <laughs> like, your entitlement issues. Yes, do it yes. do it right now. And you know and, and they're like why don't you have more people here? Is wrong. I didn't know you were going to be here, friends. Yeah. yeah. It takes... And you're encouraged. I didn't get the memo. And like you yeah. said, in profitability, you're encouraged to run things at the bare minimum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You are absolutely... Actively encouraged to do so. Yeah. And and keep costs low. Keep, keep overhead low. Keep costs low. Um, and the store I was at the longest, there were so many different measures and ways that they had to measure how profitable we were. And... You know, how many people, how many items per transactions, how many transactions per hour, what the average price or average total was per transaction, how many people came in the door. Um, Even if they didn't buy anything? Even if they didn't buy anything. So it was really fun having like parents run in after their children who escaped. Mm. Be like, oh, I was actually supposed to sell you like five things for having your children to come in here. So it's it's like (laughs) some grocery stores, especially the big chains, I know they keep track of like how many items you swipe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's another one where it's like you don't get that's the I think the bottom line of one of the one of the hardest parts mm-hmm. of retail is not only do you not pick when customers come, you don't get to pick the pace at which things no. happen. No, you don't. You yeah. can get swamped. You can have someone come into the five items and underline with three carts. I've seen yeah. that happen. And I just wanted to go up and hug the person and be like, I'm sorry, you have to deal with this. Yeah. 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 And, and it, too, it's just like, and the other part of it is it's one of the worst paid jobs yeah. there is. Yeah, I, as a manager at my store, I was a part-time manager. I did literally everything that the full-time general manager did. Like, literally everything. I trained people. I interviewed them for hiring. I, I did everything. You fired them? I, yeah. We, I mean, we didn't fire people. We, no. We made their lives so miserable they left on their oh. own. It was the worst. <laughs> oh. It was so fun. Was that um, company policy? Uh, kind of like part of employee turnover was one of the metrics that was measured every year in our performance appraisals. Um, that's why you couldn't technically fire. Well, 
no, you. It was it was a weird, complicated game that we played, um, and it was really. It was a weird, it, that's the easiest way to put it. It was a weird, complicated game we played with like emotional manipulation. Yeah, just and out of curiosity, <laughs> we're getting in the weeds here. But <laughs> was there a specific tactic that was your go-to yes. to encourage someone to leave? Yes. Uh, you still gave them hours. Okay. But it was once uh, every two weeks. Mm-hmm. And, and you just, tell just them. the one shift. Yeah. But, yeah. So they'd get like one shift on a Saturday afternoon every couple of weeks until they kind of got the message. Or the other thing that my my boss would do was she was very manipulative mm-hmm. and she would convince people like me to stay around long after we already wanted to leave. Oh, yeah. Um, so so just for everyone out there who's listening, you're not crazy. They actually do this. Yeah. Yeah. I've been at, like I, I was on the receiving end of it. I'm pretty sure at the end of my time at the shipping company, it's not. It's at its worst in retail, but it's sort of like a, a yeah. anywhere on that's I don't want to say entry level, but anywhere that's on the lower end of things. This is an active thing that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had my hours cut, yeah, and cut and cut and cut. But the the emotional abuse thing that's that's a new yeah. yeah it was it, it was real subtle, me, and but. and she was a, a personally very nice woman, but she. She could play us like a fiddle. Whew. So that was her tactic to get you to leave. Was to no, try it was to, to it was to convince us to, to stay. stay. If you wanted to, uh, like if you were oh. good, yeah. If you wanted to quit and she didn't want to let you go, like mm-hmm. me for many years, she played this game. Is she, you like know, just be like, oh, and- well, this other manager, she's she's just trying to decide if she wants to to leave or not, even though she has a full-time nursing job and she just still <laughs> kind of wants to be a manager, but she only wants to work like one day a week. And uh, we're just trying to convince her. She did that to me for months. Um, we just need you. Yeah, we just need you. You know, you're such a great team member where we want, you know, good things for you. Team member. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> so I, I think that's, uh, too, that's something. Yeah, but uh, to look at it the other side, too, is to be the on the receiving end of that. There's so many times in retail, too. If you're at retail... It's probably because, like, going back to the education thing, you can have, like, degrees and everything, but if no one's looking for that thing, all those degrees don't, yeah. don't mean squat. It's A lot of retail ends up desperation, so you are forced to hang on to jobs that make you absolutely miserable long, yeah. long after mm-hmm. you've wanted to walk away. Yeah. Because they don't pay enough, well enough to get out either. Yeah, yeah and that's, that's true of a lot of people of my generation. Like, everybody else I went to school with, they went to grad school. Um, because it was either that or, or get a retail job. And I decided to get a job because I couldn't mentally handle right. getting into that much more debt. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's either, yeah, go into debt or yeah. maybe scrape by. Yeah. And I still didn't <laughs> know what I wanted to do. And it just so happened that I do actually enjoy helping people. Yeah, it's too. just that it's. And I'm good at it. Yeah. I'm good at it too. It would be better if there were a better environment for doing it. I know. Yeah. And if people maybe had a little bit more reverence yeah for people just treated other people nicely yeah always kind be kind if you don't tip at least 25 percent (laughs) you're you're not helping you're the scourge of society (laughs) okay i'm not gonna go that far (laughs) yeah tipping tipping is a whole other issue that's yeah it's it's in the same line yeah it's it's, it's a good way to get people thinking about it because it's in the same it's a service and it's also one where they get that one's even worse, which we talked about in the overnight episode, is people get 
They're the tipped minimum wage is less than actual minimum wage, mm-hmm. which is so crazy. So if you start thinking about it, that it's like when you're tipping, you're not just saying this is doing a good job. You're making sure that person is getting paid enough to survive. Right. And I think if there was like if you can get people thinking about that, you can get them thinking about what it's like to be in the service industry to begin with. No, because I disagree. Because I think that tipping is um, culturally it's set up such that. Uh, it's you have you by giving that person a tip, you're making them grateful. So I tipped my my waitress or waiter that that person needs to be grateful to me because I understand how difficult their life is. And and I'm one of the good ones and they should be more reverent to me, their their mm. customer because every, of that. Every yeah. person I've ever heard talk like that usually doesn't tip. Yeah, I'm not saying, I'm not <laughs> yeah. saying you, you, but there's a lot of people who say that I understand that like trying to make people grateful thing or or you know what crazy idea you could just pay them a, a living wage yeah. to begin right. with and yeah. not have to worry about tipping yeah that's what we're like, that's a crazy thought this is long term short term I can't make your pay jump up today so I'm going to tip that person a little bit more it's my trying to share whatever wealth I have even though I have very right. little in the long term yes living wage yes. Right. everybody should have a living wage absolutely yeah. I think this is a good place should to, be a no brainer yeah I think this is a good place to move into what we want to talk about which is things going on at the level above us especially in terms of corporations and what uh, retail and service might look like in the future. So this is another good place to take a break. Let's go to that right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to Punching Out on WAYOLP Rochester, 104.3 FM. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Tune in and punch out. Your boss isn't listening, but we are. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Punching Out. I am Lou. I'm with Rachel. Hello. And Kadejo. Oh, right. Sorry, I zoned out. And we're still talking about retail. Um, now we're going to be basically talking about the future because I always like to end on on what's to come. Um, so there's been a lot of news recently, and it, it hasn't been recent because we're a couple months behind. Um, but like... Retail it's always it's perpetual. That's yeah, true, um, but what's coming for retail? Um, you know, l- let's start with the fact that in a capitalist society, in order to keep profits up, um, you have to squeeze and costs more. Down. Yeah, and costs down. Or just profits in general. Like the major thing is you have to squeeze more productivity out of fewer hours um, and fewer workers and fewer workers. So, like, I know this firsthand because every year I was at, you know, retail, um, every year they'd say, oh, you have fewer hours. <laughs> you you have to meet more money. You have to literally make more money um, compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of your sales goals. And, by the way, you, can, you have to cut this many more hours compared to last year. Because so our economy always has to be growing because yeah. that's sustainable. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's For sure. how that works. For sure. Yeah. So, and and that's literally what it is. Is is everywhere you go, there's like this consolidation, and you have to make more with less, um, which is really stressful to to work in that kind of environment and and have that. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't know how anybody can think that that's going to work long term. Yeah, it's 
I, and it's really short-sighted because we think and we have this expectation that technology is going to improve and so therefore we can keep improving yeah, productivity. Technology is going to save yes. us. But when you're talking about you know physical human beings, like there is a limit to yeah. what we can do. And yes, we can keep making things better. And allegedly that's what we keep doing as we do keep improving productivity. Um, but it's really difficult when we're you're given a goal um, like when and I you was have working, no say in that goal. Yeah, you don't have any say in that goal. Like I, when I was working, I called them like st- when I did my accent interview, I called them a Stalinistic goals because they'd say, Oh, you need to sell like four items per transaction. When historically we'd only ever like max out at three and a half. And we're like, okay, sure. We'll do that. And we'd get to like 3.75 and be like, well, we did improve. We improved huge numbers. That's a really impressive thing and so the next year they'd be like okay now you need to do 4.25 what's 0.25 of an item so like if i sell five i i have five transactions and i sold uh <laughs> quick math like Widgets. 21 items per transaction or mm-hmm. oh total so you divide that okay. so 21 divided by five is 4.25 yeah, it's not gotcha. um Okay. Yeah. Or whatever. That was like 4.2. No, it's not like half items, but overall your average is that. Um, So we wouldn't even hit our original goal. We would make improvements, but then they'd be like, ah, okay. So now you got to hit this other higher goal. Was it every time? Was it always keeping the goals slightly out of reach and they knew that it was completely unrealistic? And really it was just to slowly dissolve all of your ability to continue yeah because then they could replace you with cheaper people yeah yeah it was it was like well okay and they had this crazy you know turnover rate and it was like well gee i wonder why did they ever have the you know uh, well it's a a double introspection to to think about that (laughs) no genuinely no why why are our part-time managers quitting uh because you barely pay us more than minimum wage and we have to do everything a full-time manager does in half as many hours. Were they genuinely perplexed or they did were. they just not even, they were? They were. They were generally they, perplexed wow. why they couldn't keep part-time managers. Well, cause it's also too, it's this thing of they have to keep you just desperate enough to stay there, mm-hmm. right? But also remind you that there are a million people out there just as desperate as you are to have any job whatsoever. Yeah, and that you're easily replaceable. Yeah. Although, but that's all the, thing. the training and stuff that you need like we had talked about before, that if any of us were to switch jobs, we would really struggle for weeks, maybe even months, to try and get the hang of it. So yeah. all that training that they are investing in people, if they have to keep well, here, going wait, 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 that, back up, back up. They're not training people. Oh. <laughs> that's and that's that's one of the keys to act. That's one of the the major um, bits to job satisfaction, and is how of what quality your training was. Um, like this is a, a well-researched phenomenon in management um, is if you have good training uh, from your job, um, you're more likely to be very satisfied with your job and stay with your job. Um, and this competent. is not just, yeah, this isn't just retail. This is across pretty much all industries. But training is, is expensive. Um, so it's, it's something that you don't want to really spend time with especially on a minimum wage worker or somebody who's just making more than minimum wage. Because while it is a a quote-unquote expendable job um, and and you can easily replace it, 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 that's not not how you make money. 
Like having to constantly, you know, get new people in and spend the money on hiring people and, and training, like the training that it is, which is basically here, stand here, press this button, um, <laughs> figure it out, have fun. Oh, and oh, you quit the next day. Gee, I wonder why. You. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, you have to look at it at a bigger scale too, is a lot of times like decisions get handed down from on higher and higher places too. That like are completely not thinking, out of touch. Yeah, completely out of touch. Because I think that was something else we were going to talk about is like on the bigger scale, the, the consolidation of retail yeah. is something that's a problem. Yeah. So so there's stages that I, you know, maybe somebody has written about this, but, but in my experience, whenever you have a company, there's a period during which they're going to go through rapid expansion. Mm -hmm. So imagine you're like a coffee shop and you go national. Well, you you're franchise. going to, yeah, you're going to want to expand as quickly as possible mm -hmm. so that you're ubiquitous and you're, you're getting out your brand. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to saturate the market. Mm -hmm. Okay. And actually what you're going to do, you're going to end up oversaturating the market. Mm -hmm. So then you have to go through a period of contraction where you're essentially saying like, oh, okay, well this store is more profitable than this store. So I'm going to keep that one and get rid of the other. And so that you have a much more stable thing. Mm -hmm. And we see that all the time with, you know, retail giants that are, you know, closing stores, but still posting profits. Um, mm -hmm. that, ha that happens a lot. And that's part of the, the cycle of, of Boom these businesses. Yeah. Um, where, you know, they have rapid expansion and then contraction as they, they actually have to think, oh, how am I going to, you know, make my money? Um, it honestly seems like when anything gets beyond a certain size, it gets too big for its britches. It's, it's not, sustainable That's capitalism <laughs> basically um yeah it's it's a it's a pretty common thing for that to happen and then in the case of toys r us for example um you have a, a company that is sold um yeah. because it's profitable and that they they essentially just decided well i don't want to take the time or money to actually just run this company i'm just gonna sell it for parts yeah. so you know the the richard gear character in pretty woman it's been a long time yeah so he's a he's yeah. basically a venture capitalist who buys as he puts it buys he company <laughs> yeah buys companies and <laughs> sells them like for one. parts and his big epiphany at the end of the movie is i don't want to destroy things i want to build things hey. Hey. um so that's there his big deal yeah, yay. See, I'm not a terrible guy. <laughs> I'm only slightly I'm, bad. I'm only tiny bit, you know, <laughs> I'm still a billionaire. Woo. Well, but I'm the good kind now. Yeah. Uh. There's no such thing. Anyway, <laughs> but the other thing, too, is the shift uh, moving towards what's the future is like the shift to uh, into electronics is something that hurt Toys R Us. But also, like, that's the way society is shifting, too. Like, so many... Uh, retail places like I know this has happened with several department stores where what was happening is people are buying more and more stuff on them through online like oh I can go to insert name here dot com and just buy stuff there instead of going to the store but what happens is they buy stuff from the store have it delivered to them and they return if they are like oh this isn't the right size I don't like it whatever they return it to the physical store so what happens is nobody buys at the physical store but the stores have to keep giving out returns and this is absolutely destroyed like the profits of certain companies or even brick just and six, mortar yeah it's yeah. destroying the brick and mortar and i mean the, the company mortar, doesn't mind because it's yeah, the at doesn't the, mind their bottom line is their their gross like 
overall bottom line is the same. Like, yeah, or even but, better. Or, now yeah, they're, they're making money. They but then they're exactly. going to close but all the brick and mortars. But they're going to close the brick and mortars. And so it's the, it's so the, that, it's a way to, to shut down those, not just shut down, but it's, it's a tool that you can use against the brick and mortars and be like, yeah. oh, well, you know, it's, it's something that's lingering over their head and saying, well, well if you don't fix it's this. Act- actively shutting them down too. Yeah. Like the growth of uh, Amazon and other places on online shopping. Retail is changing in this really, really, really big way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, in some places it's a direct threat to people's jobs. And it's one of those ones where the automation is such a dual-edged sword because on the one hand it's like, especially in like in manufacturing, say you're the, some of that manufacturing went back in like the 30s and all of that. The reason the unions got so strong is it's like, yeah, I literally die if I'm not careful around this machine. Well, now it's automated. Now people aren't dying in the things, but that also means people lost a job. And right. it's the same sort of thing in a different way is happening to retail as things become more and more online and more and more focused on delivery. The well, shift from brick and mortar retail means that people are just losing their jobs all over the place too. Well, there's right. that, but in, and that, that is true. And that's definitely a threat to, to retail, but Beyond that, like retail is kind of the last bastion for labor. Labor, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a new word. Um, well, that sounds so a lot like something else. It yeah. does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> we'll cut that part out. Uh, my, I might just. My <laughs> hurting. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what cut. I was. Did <laughs> you get waxed? Yeah. No. <laughs> The idea of pouring hot wax on my okay, <laughs> okay. So anyway, ripping um, out by the labor roof. is the last best. Get all those little ingrown hairs Ooh. later. Ooh. Anyway, That's um, terrible. We're tortured. Talking about yeah, uh, but so automation is making its way, and as far as shipping and online sales and everything, like that is one thing. Um, however, like. In, in terms of your brick and mortar, like there is still a, a space for for that. Um, for example, you know, you go to a hardware store, like, yeah, you can see a bunch of videos online, but you want to go and talk to the actual person. They'll be able to be like, oh, yeah, you need this wrench and this this socket doomahickey saw, whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and and that's true. And that's, you know, there there is still a spot where people need actual contact and they need to talk to somebody and say this is my problem help and there's certain things that like i don't know how people like trying on shoes yeah like i know so many people get their shoes online yeah like i want to try them on <laughs> i want to walk in them right like i like, don't know how shoes fit funny yeah, you know? yeah. And, then, and it depends but um that's... but wait let me finish <laughs> so what we're what i'm saying is that there's still a a space for for that. And that's going to be the last thing that's automated is is the the brick and mortar, the service work, the the doctors, the nurses, the the retail person, your the person making your hamburger. These are going to be the last places that are automated in terms of automation as like manufacturing yeah. where everybody's replaced by a robot. Eventually, however, it will all be replaced by robots. Well, I mean, there's so many places where it's happening already. Like, they're still in their early days, but there's more and more places where you go to certain restaurants now will have, like, the the iPad or whatever sitting out yeah. front where you can order on it. The grocery checkouts have that thing. And yeah. The other thing is that I think it, you, it, you end at crux because on the one hand, yes, all of that is true. It's like there are certain services that cannot be replaced by automation. 
But on the other hand, there's a certain point at which the companies and the corporations don't care about making sure you get those services. They care about the money. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. Uh, one thing that I was talking to my mother right before we were coming to record this episode, and she talked about the difference of having like just local bakeries or like local shops on a small scale where you knew people and you could talk to people mm-hmm. about stuff. Like and I still remember, have those. They still have those, but it's the they're smaller and fewer and further between. It used to be yeah. that those were everywhere. Yeah. Like even in in my lifetime, like say Wegmans, the giant that looms over Rochester, has changed so so much from mm-hmm. like it was even like a, a like two decades ago. I think it was still a very like it was a local grocery chain that everyone loved, mm-hmm. and now it's becoming more and more indistinguishable from the other behemoths. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's becoming like Target. It's becoming like Walmart. It's becoming one of those stores. And as the more it grows, big it, box store. Yeah. And right. it, you lose things in between. It used to right. be you could find some really interesting stuff in the aisles at Wegmans, and you still can a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Totally and and that is, that. unfortunately, that's where the economy is going is, is, you know, yes, retail and service work will be the last thing to go, but it's still going to go, and we already see evidence of that. Um, and, that and that's a little disheartening um, because, you know, if we think about what we we're talking about at the beginning of the episode and how people see service workers as as often below you and, you know, what's the, the thing? Oh, you, you should be going flip burger somewhere, blah, 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 like as the, the greatest insult you can make to somebody. Um, that's how we treat these people. Eventually, we're all going to be in this position. And even then, we're going to lose that. Yeah. And what are we going to do about ourselves and about society when that happens. And that's a question that I think we need to, to start asking seriously. Um, you know, there's been discussion about job guarantees. We had an episode about that. In fact, universal um, basic income, universal basic income. What do these look like? Um, is there space in our world for people who have everything and at the same time, people who have nothing? Um, I don't and I think, think in so. the short term too, like those, I think those are important in the long term, but even in the short term, you can see the shift. Like I wish I'd spent a little more time researching this to talk about it, but even in the past, like 20, 30 years, the big shift in labor movements hasn't been towards uh, manufacturing has had unions forever. Even if those have been decimated since the ones that there was this huge shift from the nineties onwards towards, we need to be unionizing the service industries we need to focus on like fight for 15 has been big about uh making sure especially service industries have 15 dollars an hour as a livable minimum wage and even that like they should have at this point it's better to call them fight for 25 because that's what it's going to need to be yeah 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 these are these are all true and i i mean i think personally the the first thing you can do is don't ever be mean to your service person yeah, yeah. Don't that's, don't do it. That's the takeaway after working in retail. I am always nice. Yeah. Even if I'm, you know, calling tech support and right. I have a bone to pick yeah. with somebody. I am yeah, never nasty. It's, yeah. Because you're you're it's not their fault. Yeah, yeah you're shooting the messenger. And and unfortunately, you know, given the fact that we live with these corporations that have all of the power over us and we have no power against them corporate overlords we're all in the same situation um and none of us are privileged unions might not be as strong as they once were but especially like 
looking at all of the teacher protests, like those have turned heads mm-hmm. and in cases willed at serious power, the dream is eventually to have retail workers walk out the same way. Imagine if every retail worker, if there was just a general strike in retail, this country would shut down. Well, Vegas has a strike coming up on June 1st. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a, they've okayed a general strike. Um, I, it, it was like 50,000 workers are going on strike. I don't know if they're casino workers, if they're um, sex, wor- sex workers. I don't know. All of um, the above. Yeah, all of yes. them. Yes. But 50,000 of them it's on happening. strike June 1st. <gasps> Um, so in Las Vegas. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Oh, I'm so impressed. I'm so proud of them. Yay! Go. Yeah. That's that's a good place to end on a little bit of hope is to say that yes. things look bleak, but it's not one of those things that's set in stone either. We have a chance to change our future. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Treat every year as year zero. Things might suck, but we can still fight to try to make them better. All right. Well, thank you guys. We'll see you next week. And remember, Bye. your bosses aren't listening, but, but we, we are. are. You've been listening to Punching Out. You can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at Punching Out Wayo. Email us your work stories, complaints, and struggles to punchingoutwayo at gmail.com. Punching Out is a project of the Punching Out Collective. Our producer is Ryan Brister. Music for Punching Out is provided by Ariel Cruz. Tune in next week for more Punching Out. And remember, your boss isn't listening, but we are.